Coog's house. Wait, we got multiple episodes on a Monday? Hoops starts a historic season today. Football had a historically bad weekend over the weekend. Oh, and wait, the Astros and... Welcome to Locked On Cougars, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Angel, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, please be sure to hit subscribe and download the podcast each day for the latest on the Cougs all year long. If you're subscribed, our show should pop up on your feed each day, so you can be sure to make Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. And yes, today we're giving you two options of what to listen to. Here you'll find a basketball preview as they start to kick off the season tonight. If you listen to this on Monday morning, we kick off the season tonight against the Northern Colorado Bears. And while that game itself shouldn't provide too many problems, there are a bunch of interesting pre-conference matchup for the Cougs this season. And so we'll be going through and checking out each of those kind of in a windshield broadband tour. In taking that tour, we're going to kind of split up two topics at a time over our three segments here. In our first segment, we'll get St. Joe's, which is this Friday. And then Oregon, we go up to Eugene, Oregon on November 20th. That'll be the first segment. The second segment, we'll get St. Mary's on December 3rd. And then a week later, we play Alabama in Houston on December 10th. The last segment, look at Virginia, December 17th, the last big non-conference game right before we go off into winter break. I guess we also play as McNeese, but that's not quite the same as Virginia and these guys. And then we'll also talk about, kind of after that, what the entire pre-conference slate could look like and what kind of realistic expectations there are to have. But first, let's jump into our first segment where we look at the St. Joe's and Oregon games. They both happen in November and they're really, really early. It kind of gives our first look and tests of the Houston Cougar basketball program against these bigger name schools. Now, we start with St. Joe's on Friday, November 11th. So if you're listening to this on Monday, right, then that's pretty much around the corner. And they've got a couple guys you got to keep an eye on. Big man and GK Obina, he is a big, big guy. 6'10, 245 in his sixth year of college, a true veteran college basketball player. He's not going to be an offensive threat in the sense that like they're going to call a lot of sets for him, but he is a walking double-double because of the way he gets the ball off the glass and, frankly, punches down lobs. So it's going to be a big look at how can Jawan Roberts and how can JVA Francis and how can these big men from Houston really kind of shut down a guy that's just bluntly bigger than them, right? Like, how do they play with true, traditional 6'10-plus big men? They also have a center that's 7 feet tall. He's a redshirt junior get as much time on the floor. I guess, listening to their preview stuff, does not project to get as much time on the floor this year as Edge Obina. And so I feel like that's the guy that we're going to have to worry about matching up with. St. Joe's is really proud of their guard speed, right? They talk some about Cam Brown, Eric Reynolds, or Christian Winborn. And I think what's interesting is that's actually not something I'm super worried about with Houston. Admittedly, Cam Brown's a little bit bigger guy at 6'5", 220 as a guard spot. But truthfully, I think guard for guard, we're fine. I trust Sasser against Christian Winborn or Eric Reynolds. I trust uh, Tremont Marks against Cameron Brown. I trust uh, Jamal Shedd against Eric Reynolds. I'm not so worried about those matchups. My big deal will be we've heard Samson talk about 
how much he wants to get the office rebounds. We talked with him about at the coach clinic how they like document tips and those kinds of things as like valuable stats because they kind of are pushing for extra possessions. And frankly, their first test out, first real test out the gate on Friday, November 11th, will be against big men that do just that. So if I'm looking at this game, I think I'm comfortable in Houston winning this game. I'm, I'm obviously picking the Cougs in most every game they play. I just feel like this is going to be one of those ones where like we're going to get to find out how much that really plays into our system, right? How how much do we really get to see that show off? I also just bluntly though, as far as like our offense goes, the Houston Cougar offense goes, I don't I don't see a matchup that can cover Jarris Walker. And I, and I don't mean that to be like they're unathletic or untalented because they are, but just they don't have a big group of like six 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 seven six eight kind of guys that are big, strong, and fast. Keep up with him. I wonder if, if I look at their roster and look at what they're trying to do a little bit more, if the truth is is that what they're hoping on is some of their younger guards come through, right? I mean, they have freshmen and transfer sophomores that didn't play much as freshmen, those kinds of guys all up and down this roster, which is impressive in itself. Like, Lynn Greer should be interesting to see dominate at, at a high level one day. But outside of Cam Brown, this is a really really young group of guards and young group of backcourt players. I think that's where Houston swarms this. I think that's where Houston really demonstrates their dominance of the ball and the pace of the game because we have veteran guards that have are coming off of deep tournament runs in their past, like runs, plural, in their past and are looking to make one this season. And while they may have, you know, the guys that are 6'5", 6'6", whatever, our guys are experienced. I feel like Houston's got the advantage there in that one. The interesting thing in comparing this game and the Oregon game will be that Oregon will test Houston in similar ways. They've got two true seven-footers. Now, Nefali Dante is a big man, seven-foot senior, I guess 6'11 and change, I should say, senior from Southern Rise Christian Academy in Kansas. Uh, and, and I think what's interesting there is he's coming off a knee injury, so we may actually see him in kind of his earliest stages of recovery. But their, their big man center is like a guy you got to keep an eye on is Khalil Ware. He's a freshman from Little Rock, Arkansas. And bluntly, he is probably a one-and-done pro, right? He's that kind of an athlete and that kind of a stud. And that's going to, again, test that front line of Houston. It'll test J1 Roberts. It'll test JVA France. It'll test a number of different guys across the Houston front line. And I can frankly see like Houston using Jarris Walker as a like three in those games and kind of trying to go big to bully those guys in the glass a little bit because I think there'll be times where Oregon runs two traditional bigs out there as well and that is problematic for Houston right Houston strengths their guards and they've got effort and energy and all that kind of stuff out of their bigs but they don't have the seven footers right they have like six nines and that kind of stuff and that's a little bit different kind of game I will say that these games I feel like this Oregon game as well, kind of as talk about similarities between this and the St. Joe's game. This is the kind of game that I feel like Houston can dominate with their guard. The guard play from Houston, they're playing some guys that in Oregon have transferred in from JUCOs and some relatively young guys that a whole lot of stars in their belt. And Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd should feast on that. Tremont Mark should have a thousand points on that because that's just not that that's just not fair to these kids, right? The, the kids in Oregon they just don't necessarily like have it with it or have an understanding of what big time college basketball is all about and again like i said against st joe's houston's got a bunch of guys that have made deep tournament runs plural in the past and are ready to go make another one that's just not really the same kind of task that's not really the same kind of approach to the season and we're getting them on november 20th so it's kind of like their first real test where houston's guards have been testing themselves for years at this point in big time college basketball as big time as houston can make it right with deep tournament runs and the only guard oregon has like that is will richardson he's a senior from oak hill academy so he's played on national stage since he was like an early high school kid but 
as you know, a, a young guy, he didn't play a lot for Oregon. He played some in his junior season, or I guess technically that was his sophomore season. Then last year was technically his junior season, and this is his like fifth year, but senior season. Anyway, he's played more as of late in the, in his college career, but he's not like a five-year guy with a bunch of starts under his belt. And frankly, Oregon was not the kind of team last year that they were the year before at the Warte, who got a lot more of the reps ahead of Will Richardson. So I feel like, you know, while he may be taking a step forward for that program, it's the same kind of thing where he's kind of shouldering this new role, whereas Houston has all of those things very defined. And that's a big, big calling card to a Kelvin Sampson team is like everyone's got a role and do that role very, very excellently. That's been his entire MO here at Houston. And I feel like it's just another example of how that will pay off in these early in the season type of wins. Now, I know my job is to like talk about the Houston basketball program a lot, and frankly, I'm going to end up talking myself out of this Oregon game, I'm sure, by the time we get to the 20th, because if you haven't figured it out yet, I can be fairly pessimistic as a fan, and maybe we'll be singing a different song as we get to November 20th. But between now and then, if you need a new hire, make sure you check in LinkedIn.com. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You're going to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Once you have an account, you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. You have simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to pro your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. In our second segment, we'll get a couple different games, including the St. Mary's Gales. And we play St. Mary's in Fort Worth. as It's not quite halfway, but I guess sometimes it feels that way. Uh, St. Mary's obviously coming from California, Houston being in Houston. Fort Worth is very clearly closer to us, but it still feels kind of like a road trip. And we'll get to play in the Dickies Arena, which is also where the American Athletic Conference Tournament will be. So we get to kind of preview the stadium and kind of get used to locker rooms and kind of things. Very, very smart. Now, I think what's interesting here is the St. Mary's Gales are kind of split up a lot like Houston, that they have a veteran guard in Logan Johnson, right? They have a strong, a big, strong wing in Alex Dukas, and they have a tall, big that's kind of like finding his way or like not necessarily like got a strong offensive game yet in Mitchell Saxon. Now, Saxon is a little bit bigger, 6'10", 240. But on the whole, he's going to have an offensive game that's not like unlike what Houston does with its traditional centers, right? The J1 Roberts is not going to get a lot of plays called for him, but he's going to get a lot of putbacks and those kinds of things. That's kind of what they do with Saxon or what they do with their bigs at St. Mary's and what I anticipate them doing with Saxon as well based on what I saw from him as a sophomore last season. Logan Johnson's a guy that sounds like they're going to try and put a lot of scoring on. He had 12 points a game last season, so I'm kind of interested to see by the time we get to the St. Mary's game, I have a little bit better idea about how he's scoring the basketball. But one thing he can do at 6'2", 175 is defend. And so I'm interested to see what guard of Houston's, either Jamal Shedd or Marcus Sasser, do they put Logan Johnson on, right? Do they put him on Sasser as Houston's leading scorer and say, make someone else score the points? Or do they put him on Shedd and say, make someone else run the offense, right? Like I could see either one of those things being kind of the way they go with Logan. And so that's going to be the interesting thing to me, is which one do they assign him to? I guess Augustus Marcionis is their Lithuanian. He's 6'4", 195, and he could be a growing defender, I guess. He's listed as a sophomore. And so I, I feel like, having watched tape on them from a year ago, he was not particularly impressive defensively, 
But obviously, in year two in a college system, maybe something's different. They're going to put him on Sasser and Logan Johnson on Shed. And so maybe all of those things happen a little bit differently. The thing I think will be interesting is that like Alex Dukas at 6'7", 220, he's their senior wing. He's like listed as a third guard or second forward or whatever you want to put him at. He's not going to be able to cover Jairus Walker. However, he will run around on offense enough for them that he might wear out Jer- like his defense may be making Jairus Walker cover him on offense and that's an interesting thing to see because he is a true veteran senior of the classic mid-major guy that's been there a bajillion years and feels like he's been there longer than that Jairus Walker is like this untraditional mid-major guy it's like a one and done looking type guy that's six seven six eight 230 like just a tremendous athlete they don't typically see at these type of schools and so that's like the ultimate like duality of like the two ends of the spectrum and I think that the interesting thing is I think Houston wins this game I don't mean to say that comes down to the Walker and Dukas matchup but I think the Walker and Dukas matchup will kind of determine if it's a close game or a not so close game I'm banking on it not being a so close game now part of that's because Houston's going to a relatively comfortable place while it's on the road for them in Fort Worth and this California-laden team. I mentioned they got a guy from Lithuania, but outside of that, they got one Estonian and then a bunch of West Coast dudes coming back to Texas, back east for them to Texas, and I feel like that's going to be a little bit more of a road trip. The other thing I'll say is like the Dickies Arena for Houston will feel a little bit more comfortable, and it's frankly, like I think, fairly intentionally placed as a place for them to get ready for what that tournament will look like in late February, early March, right? I guess it's early March this year, right? So like how they're getting ready for the conference tournament. So I, I think that this is a Houston win. I just, how big a win it is comes down to that Dukas and Walker matchup and I'm taking Walker. So I think we end up actually running away with this one by the end. It might be close by halftime or whatever, but I think that's kind of game that Houston runs away with by the end. The other big non-conference game we're talking about in this segment might be the best team Houston plays, at least in the non-conference all year long, and frankly, including the American Athletic Conference. Go, I mean, up until March, this might be the best team Houston plays, and that's Alabama. Now, Alabama, we think of as the football powerhouse, whatever, but Coach Oates has them rolling a little bit in the last few years on the basketball side of things, and I think the interesting thing here will be that they have a veteran guard of their own in Dominique Welsh that will pair up, frankly, probably covering Marcus Sasser. He may end up actually covering Jamal shed just kind of depends on how they break things down but he's a big 6'5 205 athletic strong kid and I think that he'll really kind of dictate their pace and scoring the same way that shed and sasser will dictate Houston's and that makes an intriguing matchup they got another freshman named Rylan Griffin I'm going to say keep your eye on he's not getting as much of the highly touted stuff in the preseason he did all right in their stuff internationally at the like end of the summer and that kind of stuff but I think by the time we're seeing them in mid-December you actually have him in the rotation a lot more for them and I'm a little worried about how we match up with him and his athleticism he's listed at 6'5 180 and I just he's kind of got the length and range of Tremont Mark but he's a couple years younger and so I don't know like how developed his game will be maybe Mark can hold him down a little bit uh, I, I think that the interesting matchup here will be their freshman Brandon Miller against Houston's freshman Jairus Walker. I mentioned Walker being kind of a pivotal matchup in the last game as well. And the thing I see that's similar about that game and this game as well, the St. Mary's game has a veteran guy matched up with Walker. The Alabama game will have a like more traditional five-star freshman kind of matchup with Walker. And I again would pick Jairus Walker in this matchup. I think Jairus Walker is listed as a top everything kind of caliber guy. And I was so, so impressed by his like, like, hustle and work ethic on the floor but also by his like athleticism and bounce like he works like he's like six to a buck 20 and like needs to do everything just to be on the team but he also is obviously like 
the freak athlete that he is. I think I'm going to take Jarrett Walker in this matchup. I, I don't mean to say that I wouldn't take him in this, but Brandon Miller is the kind of athlete that will pair up interestingly with him because it's someone similarly athletic to Walker. And that means we're going to get to see Walker show off more of his, like, handle and his offensive skill and like his defensive prowess because it's going to take being a smarter and better basketball player not just being a better athlete and that's gonna be interesting to watch as well honestly this is one game I'm kind of 50-50 on I would like to watch more Alabama basketball before picking this one obviously we'll be breaking it down all year long as we get up to the game in mid-December but this is a again a challenging matchup and might be the best team Houston plays until March and so that's really really interesting to see like this kind of a test this early in the season i mean they've got guys from like the top academies and high schools across the country they got transfers in from villanova and tech i mean this is a really really strong basketball team they got at alabama and i y'all are looking at you're looking at me like i, I gotta pick this game i'm still gonna pick houston I, I'm, I'm faithful with the houston i think that they've got a really strong program of their own this is just going to be the toughest matchup and frankly this kind of thing where like if someone is sore or someone is sick or someone's in foul trouble suddenly things shift the other direction in this game. Uh, I think that another thing that this could come down to, and I know I mentioned this in some of the earlier matchups, but this is a team that has a 6'10 and has a 7-footer and those kinds of things. And, you know, Charles Bidiaco could end up being the kind of guy that, like, gets two rebounds in clutch times for them at 7 foot 225. He's their big man center down low, and he could get two big rebounds at the wrong time that really hurt Houston or Noah Clowney, a big freshman from South Carolina can get, you know, one rebound for them that, you know, he's just a little bit taller and longer than some of the Houston bigs. And that can make kind of a, a problematic matchup on the whole, though. I think the interesting thing here is these guard matchups, guard on guard matchups. And this is again, the best team I think Houston sees until they get into March madness. And I say March madness because again, I, this might be a better team than Memphis than anybody will see. The interesting thing for Alabama, this is not Alabama podcast, so I don't mean to like sit here on this too long, but Alabama will play Houston, Memphis, and Gonzaga in the span of like a week. It looks like it's like eight days, and that's kind of crazy that all these like mid-major teams that are making an impact on big-time college basketball, Houston included, Alabama's going to run through all of them in a week, and it's kind of kind of interesting to see like how do these mid-majors stack up to Alabama, who might win the SEC, or is certainly one of the teams in contention to win the SEC. And so I... I'm paying attention to Alabama that week, and I'm paying attention to Houston as well. And I'm not saying I'm going to place a bunch of bets on these games, but if I were going to, I'd be going to betonline.net. It's your number one source for betting college football and the upcoming college basketball season. Find the latest on player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis each and every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering and information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check out on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, so if we're looking into this third segment, like our last big non-conference game before heading to American Athletic Play, I have to say that Virginia, I think on paper, is the kind of team that would give Houston a lot of trouble. Now, Houston's handled them in the past, and this is not quite the same team as the past, but I think what's interesting is like in the preseason, I think a lot of Houston fans, you, you and I included, will probably think about how like Virginia missed the tournament last year, and it was kind of the first time, and it's like first time we've seen them kind of like crumble at any point in the last like dozen years it feels like for their turn some important players including guard kihi clark who will kind of steer the ship for them 510 grad student so a fifth year senior um i i also think it's worth pointing out that they pulled in ben vanderplas who was actually on the ohio team last year as a transfer uh and, and i think this 
interesting because he's got a plethora of like deep march experience that like isn't necessarily with Virginia, but is the kind of experienced player that could give Houston some problems. And again, at Ben Vanderplas is six eight two thirty five. He's gonna probably get the Jairus Walker matchup, and that's gonna be important to watch. I I think the interesting thing is much like I mentioned earlier, with a couple different guys. Vanderplas's best defense on Walker will be wearing him out as an offensive player. I imagine he's a sharpshooter for them, kind of running off screens like you know Rip Hamilton used to do or something like that, right? Like I think that's what they're going to use him as. Uh, Kiki Clark obviously distributes the ball. They got a couple different talented freshmen. Uh, they have both. They have two Isaacs, Isaac Trout and Isaac McNeely. Very different basketball players. Uh, Isaac McNeely is six four, buck eighty. Isaac Trout is six ten, two thirty. Um, I, I think what's interesting here is that like. They are key marquee players. They do have a 7-1 guy. They do have a 6-11 guy. But they won't be relying on them in a way that I feel necessarily like, like we're outmanned in the size department with Juwan Roberts. Because Juwan Roberts is such a long player, right? And JVA Francis is such a long player that I feel like, honestly, Houston can make up for an inch or two in the right matchup. And I, I think that this kind of matchup will be okay with. Now, I don't mean to downplay this at all. And as I said before, I'm sure by the time we finally get to this matchup in, I guess it's technically still mid-December, right, the 17th, and it's up there, it's in Virginia, I'll find some way to talk myself out of it. But at this point in the season, I feel fairly confident about this one, right? More so than the Alabama game, for sure. And that's interesting because, like, two or three years ago, I thought I was crazy, right? Like, I'd rather go play Virginia than Alabama. But this is a nice, like, end-of non-conference play tune-up game before playing and in, heading into like Memphis and those kinds of things in the later part of conference play. And full disclosure, I, I think Memphis is probably better than this team. I think there have been plenty of years where Wichita State's probably better than this Virginia team. Virginia's trying to get themselves back into the tournament, trying to play themselves back into the like level of national prominence they were in. Obviously, they won the whole thing in 2019, so I don't think they're anywhere near that kind of a team. But on the whole, I think this is the kind of team where like Houston ought to be able to handle, and it might be close by like halftime, but honestly, once Houston's done things like played the Alabamas of the world or, or even, frankly, Oregon, I think that this will feel kind of like more of a tune-up, certainly by the second half with the kind of adjustments we could see Calvin Sampson making. And I, I really am confident about this one as opposed to a handful of other games on our schedule. And and so maybe that says something about the Houston program, right? That like we can walk into a Tony Bennett-led program and still feel confident about it. Because this is not like... They got their own five-star recruits. They got their own top-caliber college basketball players. They got their own history and all that kind of stuff. And I'm kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, 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 what you got? What you got on the floor right now, right? And I, I think that just speaks to the volumes that like the program Houston has built. And frankly, I've talked a lot about Sasser and Shed and Walker, but like the depth they've got. I mean, Emmanuel Sharp would start for a couple of these other teams, right? <laughs> like these other great teams that Houston's playing. We've got guys coming off the bench. That I think would start for some of them, and I feel fairly fairly confident so that leads me to like what i want to finish the last segment with is like what does it say about this houston team that they're probably with the exception of alabama favored in every game they play this season right because we know once they get to conference play they're projected to win the conference like running away right like memphis will be tough you and i know that central florida will be tough on the road cincinnati will be tough here and there Wichita State has the potential to be tough. Like it's it's not a bad basketball conference by any stretch, and there'll be some rivalry vibe at SMU on a Thursday night, right? Like that's like a it's probably be a TV type game, right? I think it's gonna be on ESPN or ESPN two. Like those kinds of games will be tough, but those will be tough for a number of reasons, including like the pressure to just go undefeated in conference kind of builds on itself once you've got it rolling, right? So once they start with conference play on December twenty eighth, they aren't expected to lose 
the rest of the season, right? Like, like they'll be getting to mid mid February and like playing their first game against Memphis, and people will be like, "No, no, you can't lose your Houston," and that's its own level of like stress and pressure. But as far as the on the floor product, it's it's because they're they're really good, they're a really good program, and those will be interesting games to see. And as we just went through the pre conference play. The only game that they're not going to be favored in, the only game that I could see them having a whole lot of like, oh my God, we could lose this game trouble in, is Alabama. Now, two things. One, that means because I'm saying that now, we'll probably lose all of them, and I apologize. My bad, dude. My bad. But the other thing I'll say is that like, what does that mean for this program, right? This program is at that kind of situation in their last year in the American Athletic Conference. Next year, we head into the Big 12, and the Big 12 is a kind of program that has those teams every year right it was baylor in 2020 and 2021 but the year before that it was texas tech going all the way to the final four into the championship game in 2019 and like honestly was a player two away from winning that game right and just last season you had kansas on their magical magical run kansas and baylor were also elite eight teams in like what was that 2017 and then kansas was a final four team in 2018 like generally speaking the big 12 with houston in it is going to be one of those conferences that has like the best college basketball on every weekend and Houston in their last year in the American Conference looks like one of those teams and obviously we're thinking with the deep run this year and the kind of run that we think could happen this year at the Houston Cougars that like theoretically you can continue to bring in top caliber prospects we'll get more recruiting talk throughout the season especially as we get closer to signing day but the goal of this would be to continue to bring in guys that impact winning like Kelvin Sampson strives to have every player do but also match up with a big 12 type of athleticism and the back and forth there and weirdly it just it's just interesting to me that like the houston team and their last year of the american conference is that team so is that like a we're ready for that kind of a transition is that like a signifier for the program being ready to make that big jump or is this oddly timing it up a little early i guess we'll find out more as we go throughout these games right again Things tip off tonight. You're listening to this Monday morning. Things tip off tonight against Northern Colorado. We didn't preview that game as one of our big handful of non-conference pre-season or pre-conference games, but I do think it'll be fun to watch and kind of make some like detailed observations about. So that's tonight. Tomorrow we'll break that down. On Wednesday we have more hoops talk. Thursday we get back into football, kind of preview the weekend's game against Temple. And Friday, we got a lot of stuff to get through, so we'll see what comes on Friday. But thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Cougs. Make sure you hit download, subscribe, and make us your first listen each and every day for all things Houston Cougars. If you want to follow me on Twitter and social media, we can talk things Cougs, Rockets, the Astros just won the World Series, Jeremy Pena is the MVP. We can talk about that as well. You can find me on Twitter at Painsworth512. It's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. If you're a glutton for punishment or just like listening to things on the Cougs today, on Monday we're doing multiple episodes because it's the tip-off of basketball season and we have a football game to talk about. You can go check out the football recap of SMU's demolition of the Houston Cougars, although we scored 63 points. You can hear all about it on that show, on that episode, I should say. Now, if you want a second listen that is not about the Houston Cougars, let me recommend Locked on Astros. They're talking all things World Series, including a prediction I saw on Twitter from Wheelhouse talking about how this is just the first of many Houston's going to string off in a row. I'm going to let you go listen to him and hear how he breaks it down there. Thank you all so much for, again, listening to us this morning. Locked on Cougs is a proud member of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Go Cougs!